All right, so let's have some fun today and talk a little bit about minerals and salt. And um, We're going to get all your questions answered. Anybody have any questions? All right, that's good. Hold them. We'll definitely cover them here. So what kind of horses do y'all have? Somebody tell me. Quarter? What? Mountain horses. That's what I have. Good job. All right, what else? Arab. Wow. Any Welsh pony? Any... Any halflinger? Any draft horses? No, no. Minis, all right, there you go, good deal. So, all kinds represented here today. I don't know about you, but I just like horses. Just period, horses. I don't care what kind they are. I'm pretty fond of mountain horses. That's what we have, I have a bunch of them. I tell people every time my daughter would look at a boy, I'd buy her a horse. So we have about 50 horses now. <laughs> But it works. She's grown up great. She's a veterinarian too, and um, I, I just we just have a good time. But we live in, in East Tennessee, so we do a lot of riding. Um, actually, every day, probably my daughter rides when she gets home from work. I don't ride that much anymore. I'm more of a professional petter. Uh, you know, occasionally go trail riding. We have a cabin, but my kids go all the time to the cabin, and I stay home and feed the horses and work. Anybody else got to do that? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. But life is fun. Um, you know, just so you know, I used to practice conventional veterinary medicine. Years ago, I had two hospitals. Um, absolutely never wanted to be anything other than a veterinarian. Um, fulfilled my dream and absolutely love veterinary medicine. Um, but some things happened along the way that kind of made me focus not so much on the actual practice of veterinary medicine, but more on nutrition and what we can do from a more natural approach instead of using all these drugs and chemicals. In fact, I really truly think that our drugs and chemicals are hurting our horses today just like they are us. Um, I think we take way too many drugs in this country and there's a lot of other alternatives that we can use to, um, for just about anything health-wise, for us and our animals. And don't get me wrong, if I break a leg or you know, have a heart attack, you know, I'm going to have a homeopathic remedy in my pocket probably for, for the heart attack, but um, if I break a leg, take me to the hospital, you know, let me, get me fixed. But um, other than that, we pretty much use a natural approach on almost everything that comes through the door. Uh, I have a new rule in veterinary medicine. If I have to bend over to fix it, I'm going to take it to the university so that <laughs> I can fix anything, but I do uh, prefer to, you know, uh, Something to be said about our vet schools, they're awesome. You know, all, everywhere, every vet school in this country is awesome. You got 24 hour care, you got service that um, is great and they're not that expensive. It's a the way underpriced profession and I know y'all may not feel that way, but you know, eight, eight years of college and for the fees that veterinarians charge, it's a bargain. You know, it really is. I mean, you can't even open a veterinary hospital today for less than a couple million dollars. Plus, you got eight years of college and school debt. I guess I'm speaking from my daughter's perspective right now, just getting out of school. But anyway, nutrition is so critical. Um, you know, you can fix just about anything with nutrition. And no matter what you do otherwise, unless you get the nutrition right, it's probably not going to get better. And we can talk all, we'll answer all your questions and see specifically what we can do for your situation. But, you know, I used to think all this natural stuff was quackery. 
I mean, I, I really do. I, I remember a client bringing me a book. It was called um, uh, Natural Health for Dogs. And I was in the exam room, and she was across the table from me with her dog. Great client, too, by the way. And she handed me this book, and she said, Doc, she said, tell me about this book. Do you, do you think it's a good book? And I picked it up, and I flipped through the book just like that, and I said, this guy's a quack. And I tossed it back to her. I mean, that's how negative I was at one point in my life. So years later, after I'd sold my hospitals, and that's a whole other story why I went down that path, but um, first of all, well, I'll just tell you, my dad died young, died at 56, died of COPD, essentially. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of left it up to the medical profession, had him at Emory, Duke, everywhere in the South that you could possibly take him. And steroids killed him in the end. That's what it amounts to. And so I stepped back from, from my belief in what I was doing and, uh, and, did, and sold my practices, retired my license, and moved out of state. Moved out of state to where my brother lives and one of my kids to get to know his kids and so on because um, I hadn't even seen him in forever. He was in the military, I was in school. But during that time, I had um, a friend ask me to evaluate a product for me, for him. And it was a nutritional product, and it had all these herbs in it, and I still thought all that was quackery, but I, my, my mind had been open a little bit to alternatives. And um, so he asked me about this, and I, I saw the herbs, but it had a mineral in it. It's called chromium. And chromium, I knew was good because we studied minerals in school. We sure didn't study herbs in school, but I knew this mineral would be healthy for what he wanted to use it for. Make a long story short, he did a half a billion dollars with this one little $29.95 item. Half a billion dollars. And needless to say, during that time of him marketing this, I saw every imaginable benefit that you could in people. I saw people with diabetes get better with these herbs. I saw people with, um, uh, COPD get better with these herbs, you name it, it was unreal. But a half a billion dollars, that's a lot of people taking a lot of products, so there's a lot of uh, opportunity there for, for better health. Needless to say, I was bored at that point in my life, and I was flipping through a journal, a veterinary journal, and in the back they have all the continuing education stuff, you know, where you, where you could go learn on other things. Well, there's this course on veterinary homeopathy, and I honestly thought homeopathy was just herbs. I didn't realize it was a whole science of healing. So I went to this course, and thank God my wife went with me, because she's a veterinary microbiologist. Otherwise, she thought I was plumb nuts when I got home, I assure you. But this guy turned out to be the very same guy that wrote that book. And I, so, but to make a long story short, this guy totally changed my life. In two hours, I had a whole different perspective on healthcare. What I realized is that I don't heal anything. You know, healing's either from within or above. And we can trigger the body to heal itself, or we can provide the nutrition for the body to heal itself. And otherwise, we're pretty much just interfering. And that's what medicines do a lot. There's way more potential with nutrition in providing the body what it needs to heal itself. And so I, at that point, I did everything I could. I went and I studied chiropractic, um, I, and I do practice chiropractic on horses now. It's the most incredible thing you've ever seen. Um, every nutrition course I could take, et cetera, et cetera, you name it. So I was fully immersed, and then I started practicing again. But with homeopathy, it takes so much time, 
Um, and there's so many things can interfere with it as far as uh, chemicals. I mean, like even fly sprays can interfere with, home, with a homeopathic remedy. A fly spray or uh, an ointment on your skin can interfere. So I started just making products for my own horses that, and testing them to see if they interfere with remedies. I made a, a natural dewormer for our horses, and my wife's, like say, a microbiologist, and we've done thousands of fecal exams over the years, so we do our own clinicals and so on. In fact, I put together a product that was called Worm Check, and um, with each six tubes, you got a free fecal exam, free parasite exam. Now, this was back in the 90s, granted, when everybody thought I was nuts recommending fecal exams. They literally, you talk about being criticized, because we were just deworming on a calendar basis then, poisoning our horses on a calendar basis. But today it's normal to have your horses check for fecal exams, right? I mean, pretty much everybody in there knows that. But, so, bottom line, I started putting stuff together, and next thing I knew, neighbors wanted them, next thing I knew, Equine Affair called, wanted me to come talk, and next thing I knew, I was in the supplement business. So that's where I am today, that's my history, where I've come from, and uh, it's been an incredible journey. Uh, life is phenomenal. Um, when I started doing these shows and with the supplements, I kept hearing other problems besides, I mean, I didn't have that many problems with my horses, but I started hearing everybody else's problems. So I just started solving problems with, this, with different nutritional products, you know, formulations. Um, for instance, we put together a product for bugs called Bug Check. I don't know if you might have heard of it, but you put it in the food, keeps the flies, mosquitoes, ticks off, all natural, healthy for them. You know, you could eat it yourself for that matter. But it beat the fly sprays, you know? But just as a for instance, other, other problems, pretty much everything. But what it really, I started down the traditional path of nutrition even, you know, looking at macro minerals and all this, putting together a mineral supplement. And, and I ran across a guy, another veterinarian who opened my eyes to a whole different concept of minerals. And I'm gonna share a little bit of that later, but um, this guy was from the University of Kentucky. He was like the head pathologist there at the time and um, had a lot of credentials, but he introduced me to a more natural approach to minerals instead of your man-made minerals or your other waste products of other industries, which are mostly what minerals are, by the way. Most of the minerals that, that you get for your horses are other industries leftovers, like selenium. How many know how many knows where, is there anyone here that knows where selenium comes from? Well, selenite or selenate, which we probably all heard of selenium, right? Because it's probably deficient up here. You probably supplement with it. Hmm? I'm sorry? No, actually selenium is a waste product of copper mining that we get in most minerals today. Um, there's selenate or selenite, and a bag has a big crossbones on it. So if you eat too much of it or give too much of it, it's toxic. So, but there are other better sources of selenium, like there's organic sources of selenium that you could eat the whole bag and it's not gonna hurt you. It's kind of amazing how that works, but you know, when you have all the natural buffers in the body with these natural products, I mean, Mother Nature's put stuff together. Like you can eat an apple, and even though the seeds have cyanide in them, you can eat, you're not, they're not, they're not gonna hurt you. You know, as a, for instance, because all the rest of the apple's there and it's digested together and all this, but I don't know if that makes any sense to you. But anyway, selenium is just one example of a mineral that 
is uh, potentially toxic in one form, but yet you could eat in any of it in um, a more natural organic form. But, so let's look at the real need for minerals. I mean, what's the bottom line as far as minerals goes? Our soils are deficient in minerals. We've farmed our soils to death. And that was proven, I think it was like 1933, there was a big government study done on different land, different soils around the country. And without a doubt, our soils were lacking in minerals. So I don't care where you live, you need to have some attention paid on minerals. And we've got to consider the mineral aspect to our diets and our horses' diets. Um, now here's the big problem that most people have with minerals is they rely on feed companies. Well, feed companies are gonna put in the cheapest minerals, right? Uh, you can't even pick up a bag of horse feed without that selenium in for instance, that selenite or selenate. And that's why you can only feed so much of a product because if you feed more, you could overdo the selenium. Whereas if they were using organic selenium, you could, they could eat the whole bag and it's not gonna hurt anything. But the point there is um, we need to pay more attention to minerals for our overall horse's health. And I would venture to say that almost everybody's horse in here is out of balance when it comes to minerals and vitamins too. And here's why. How many feed their horse a commercial feed from a bag? All right, almost everybody. All right. Um, have you read the label lately? Okay, that's good, very good, okay. Um, how much does your, how many pounds a day does your feed, if you don't mind my asking, say to feed? How much, how many pounds per day? Don't know? That's okay. Two pounds a day? Okay. Two pounds? Yeah, two and a half to five. Most of them are around five pounds a day for a thousand pound horse, okay? All right, um, how many have an easy keeper in here? Do you feed five pounds a day? Okay. All right, that's good. I'm just, I'm not criticizing, I'm just asking. Do you feed five pounds a day? Huh? Okay, that's good. Good, excellent. The point is, if you, yes. Yeah. She feeds a small amount just because she wants to be nice to him. That's what we do with our mountain horses, too. Exactly. But the point is, if the bag says five pounds, all right, and let's say you have an easy keeper and you're, to make the math simple, let's just say you're feeding one pound, all right? Could be two pounds, it could be three pounds, it doesn't matter. But if you're feeding one pound, your horse is getting one-fifth of the vitamins, minerals, and enzymes that was added to whatever grain mixture that was. That makes sense. So he's out of balance. If you have a hard keeper, big warm thoroughbred, warm, warm blood thoroughbred, or whatever, uh, you're feeding 10 pounds, his bag calls for five, he's getting twice as much of the vitamins, minerals, and enzymes. So the point is almost every horse is out of balance when it comes to minerals. They're not gonna get it from the soil, that's for sure. They are gonna get something from the hay but they're gonna get some stuff from the hay that you're not gonna to wanna to hear about, but I'm gonna tell you anyway. They're gonna get fertilized from the hay. Because I promise you, if somebody's selling hay, they're fertilizing their fields. 
And if they're fertilizing their fields, there's a lot of water in that hay, because that's what makes it grow. That's how it works. It sucks the water up and it's going to make nice, big, green, beautiful bales of hay. But the water is going to make it less nutritious. But even more importantly, that fertilized can be potentially deadly because fertilized is nitrogen, potassium, and phosphorus. Okay, now I'm gonna come back to that in just a minute. Does anybody have a horse in here with ulcers? Past ulcers, okay, several. Ulcers are a big, big problem these days. Has anybody had a horse at colic over the, sometime? Yeah, it's okay, they, that horse is a, waiting to colic. All of them have a potential there. I don't care what you do, it seems like. Phosphorus, yep. Okay, um, let's see. Anybody had a horse with laminitis? Anybody have a metabolic horse? No? No Cushing's? Any Cushing's? Nope, okay, okay, yep, good. So, my point there is, with regards to that fertilize, is that it can cause any one of those problems that we just talked about. Any one of them. And it does it by changing the acidity in the gut. Nit nitrogen and potassium can make the gut acid if they get too much in a short period of time. And that's the big reason of most of those things. I mean, if you change the gut acidity rapidly, it's catastrophic to a horse. Would you agree? I mean, that's why we'd slowly change the feed and so on. Well, think about a horse that's been eating hay all winter, nice, beautiful hay, because you all love your horses and you buy them great hay, that's full of fertilizer, and then along comes the spring, and the grass is trying to grow, and you turn them out on the grass, and the grass sucks up the whatever nitrogen and potassium is, because that's what brings the water up into it, and your horse is overloaded with nitrogen and potassium. That can be deadly, because whatever the weak link is in that horse is what problem you're gonna have. Um, I mean, it's, to me, it's the most critical thing, if you don't get anything else from this, from this talk, understand that there is a way to help prevent that. And I would say, let me ask you this, how many people have salt blocks or mineral blocks in here? Some type of salt rock or mineral block? Okay, you need to take those and throw them in the trash. Don't even give them to the deer. Get them as far away from your farm as you can possibly get them, especially for your horses. Because a horse is not a licker. He cannot lick fast enough. He cannot chew fast enough. He can't get it fast enough to neutralize that nitrogen and potassium especially. And that's the way they neutralize it. It changes hour to hour in the grass. Hay, they get it twice a day or two, three times a day or whatever, but if they get an overload of that nitrogen and potassium and all they have is a rock or block, they cannot, you know, positive, negative, cation, anion, exchange, call it whatever you want. They just can't neutralize it fast enough and that nitrogen and potassium changes acidity in the gut and, and you have, can have a catastrophic situation or chronic ulcers or acute ulcers. The key, they gotta have salt and they gotta have minerals, but do not put it in a rock or block form. If these rocks from overseas, they're so hard, it's, it's, Horses are scraping them with their teeth. We're seeing teeth damage from these rocks and so on. And blocks, um, again, they're just not liquors. Horses have to have, in my opinion, free choice, loose salt and minerals. Absolutely no question in my mind that they can get a big gulp of it. 
any time of the day they want. The only time I've ever fired anyone on my farm is when they let our free choice loose salt and mineral buckets go empty. Only time. It's so critical if there's a storm front moving in, we go pasture to pasture to make sure there's some in our bucket. And you would not believe how healthy our horses are. And, and, and I deal with thousands of people around the country. It makes such, such a major difference. Free choice, loose salt and minerals. Okay, you got that? I'm, that's critical. Now, again, let's go back to where minerals come from. So I started putting, I figured this out, and I started putting together, with the help from the guy in Kentucky, by the way, I can't take credit for it. His name is Dr. Swerzak. Can't take credit for all this, but he actually introduced me to the concept of natural minerals, not the man-made stuff that we were talking about earlier, or byproducts of other industries. And with that natural source of minerals, here's what I realized too. I'd heard of this process called chelation. Anyone know what chelation is? Okay, well basically what, what man does is he takes proteins or amino acids which make up proteins or a fat source, some type of other type of more bioavailable nutrition, a nutrition source that's going to be digested by the body quickly and easy, and they attach it to minerals because minerals are not too efficiently taken into the body for the most part. And so man tries to attach them to proteins and amino acids and all this organic material to make them more bioavailable for the body. And that's called chelation, which is great, better than regular minerals. But with natural sources of salt and minerals, like from ancient seabeds, that's a great source of minerals, wouldn't you agree? Salt and minerals. I mean, not the ocean today that's full of who knows what, mercury and everything else, but an ancient seabed has been, you know, maybe some volcanic ash in it as well. And, you know, used to be an ocean a gazillion years ago and out in the middle of the desert where they haven't had any nuclear testing. <laughs> That's a pretty good source of minerals. And, but what was in that ocean seabed gazillions of years ago was all kinds of plant material, seaweed, dead fish, all this organic stuff, all of anything that would be in the ocean is still attached to those minerals. That's what makes natural sources of salt and minerals incredibly wonderful and makes so much, it's almost like you know, there's, there's probably micronutrients in there that we hadn't even discovered yet. I mean, I promise you there's minerals we haven't discovered. I mean, they got that nice periodic chart that that none of us remember from high school, but they're adding to it. And I assure you there are other minerals that we haven't discovered that are probably in these seabed salts and minerals. And so again, I put together a product made based on natural sources of salt and mineral, um, and it's just made an incredible difference. The key is making it available all the time. It's loose, but literally just hang a bucket, make sure there's some in it, Wherever, if you put one in the stall, one outside, wherever they spend their time during the day where they can just get it when they need it. And it's funny because sometimes they'll eat, they'll eat two or three ounces a day, you know, even some, maybe as much as a cup a day. And when you first put it out, they'll eat a lot because they're trying to balance their body. You know, minerals are like a chain. If you have one little link that's missing in that chain, the whole chain may be useless. 
So when they fill, they get those links back together by getting maybe missing minerals or, or minerals that they certainly didn't have in their regular feed or minerals that are naturally chelated, it's amazing how, how many problems that alone fixes. I'm, 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 I firmly believe that a lot of the issues that we even see today, like cancer. Cancer may, we may find that cancer is a missing mineral. And the reason I say that is some of your, some of your minerals are, if you, if you get on the internet and look at cancer remedies, okay, almost all of them have some type of mineral involved, like strontium or rubidium or, or uh, ruthenium and some little minute mineral that nobody's heard of are usually part of some type of cancer treatment. So I feel like there's something missing there when it comes to, to, um, to minerals in general. So it's not the major minerals as much as an issue, except for balancing the nitrogen and potassium because salt is obviously a form of mineral, sodium chloride, but, um, and calcium is also important in balancing that nitrogen and potassium from fertilized, and magnesium is important from balance, for balancing that nitrogen and potassium. In fact, that's the order. If you have lots of good natural sodium chloride, that's the first defense against the nitrogen and potassium. If you don't have that, then you go to calcium. The body will start pulling calcium out of the bones to balance stuff even, and then magnesium is next. Is that boring? Helpful info at all? Okay. All right, so since we just mentioned magnesium, let's talk about that a little bit more. Are there any cattle folks in here? Anybody with cattle? Okay, some. Well, cattle people are pretty smart when it comes to minerals because most cattle people do not feed blocks or rocks. There's not a commercial place in the world for cattle, commercial operation, that feeds a block or rock for their cattle unless they're in Timbuktu, Egypt or something, I don't know. But if they're in the U.S. and they're in a production system, they want to feed loose, they know the benefits of free choice loose minerals. Because if they're not feeding them, they're going to have dead cows. They're going to have grass tetany, which is a magnesium deficiency. So they want their cattle to have a free choice mineral mix that has lots of magnesium in it, that's going to neutralize that nitrogen potassium. They hadn't figured out that it's coming from the fertilizer yet, but they just know that grass tetany is a magnesium deficiency, and, and most cattlemen will put out magnesium-based salt and minerals. They just, they hadn't figured, I, I just hadn't got to the cattle folks yet, but I will. I'm starting to do some cattle meeting. It's the nitrogen potassium that's the issue. It's not as much the magnesium deficiency. Does that make sense? Okay. So, um, again, nitrogen, potassium have to be balanced. Balanced first with sodium, second with calcium, third with magnesium. And magnesium has some other benefits too. Anybody have a, well, we talk about metabolic horses, some of you do. If you have a horse that has a fat, crusty neck, anybody have one of those, whether they're metabolic or not? Yep. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, they're pretty substantial, maybe fat fongs back here. Or, our mountain horses are so bad for that, it's not even funny. So are Morgans. They tend to have just lots of overweight, like me. <laughs> but anyway, so with this, the uh, metabolic issues, if they have a fat, crusty neck, or if they are overweight, magnesium is definitely a benefit, no question. 
So your high mag type products, we have actually have a high mag version of the mineral I was talking about. But magnesium is responsible for, we know over 300 different functions in the body, one of which is metabolic issues. Um, so if you have a metabolic course, for sure, a high magnesium product is a good way to go on that. Um, any questions so far? Yes, ma'am. Uh, a good question, magnesium chloride, magnesium sulfate, uh, magnesium oxide. You get the most bang for your buck with magnesium oxide, okay? With magnesium oxide, it's 55% magnesium, and thus, you know, you'd have to feed a lot of other forms of magnesium to get enough magnesium in a horse. There's some magnesium citrates out there. You gotta feed a bunch of it to get the right amount of magnesium. Yep. Could, I really don't know. I haven't looked, I mean, magnesium oxide's what I use and have forever and it works for me. And it's the least expensive too, so. I'm one of these guys that works, don't break it. Don't change it. Yes, do you have a question? What? The, yeah. Well, magnesium. No, you can't get too much magnesium. They're, you can't. They're, in fact, if you do, you, you can get too much, but they're going to have diarrhea and they're going to poop it out. But that's very rare. Yeah. For sure. Magnesium oxide, too. Now, uh, which is another factor with um, usually. If you need to supplement magnesium, you're looking at about 3,500 milligrams to maybe 5,000 milligrams extra a day with magnesium oxide. The magnesium part of magnesium oxide, there's more magnesium in it than magnesium overall, but the true magnesium is only about 55% of what you're given, okay? No worry, there's lots of products, high mag products on the market, just pick one. They're probably all good, all right? Forget the math. Okay, and now, and when, that was a good question though, an excellent question on, because there are other types of minerals that can actually tie up other minerals, which is a whole different story. I mean, if you don't have the right copper and zinc, one affects the other and, you know, whatever type you're using, like sulfates can, can bind with other minerals like copper and so on and so forth, which it all gets very complicated and you don't really need to know all that. You just need to feed a free choice, loose salt and mineral, and then and I'm gonna tell you the way to balance the total diet too. We talked about overconsumption or those, those easy, easy keepers just eating a handful and not getting a balanced diet or eating too much and so on. So what's the answer to that instead of feeding a feed bag? I mean, what, instead of going to a bag and buying a commercial feed where you have all those issues of out of balance, too little or too much. Here's what I've come up with that works incredibly well. I mean, it's phenomenal. It's the easiest way in the world to feed a horse truly, and that is with just oats. Now, don't look at me like you're crazy. I'm like, I'm crazy. I know you're not crazy. I might be. But oats are phenomenal. Oats are absolutely phenomenal. They are what our granddaddies fed. They are... I can't even fix most problems in horses unless you get them off the commercial diets and get them on oats. Do you know there's a, there's a medication out there that is prescribed for all these gut issues 
that's real expensive at the veterinarian's office. You know what it's made from? Oats. So why not just buy the oats that are cheap, you know? They fix gut problems, they fix the majority of problems, just getting them off commercial feed. Another problem with commercial feed is all the hydrogenated fats in there. Holy mackerel, we know they're killing us. And that's what they put in just vegetable oil of whatever source, it might even be cottonseed oil, I don't know, but these hydrogenated fats are making our cells in the body like little plastic balls, literally. Every cell in the body is surrounded by a membrane, a cellular membrane. It's kind of like a, imagine a basketball and the skin of a basketball and the cell, that's the skin of this, the membrane of the cell is the skin of the basketball, but they're tiny, tiny and gazillions of them in the body. But what those membranes are, are fat. They're made of fat. And what that allows to happen is the nutrients to get in the cells and the junk to get out. Like a transport mechanism. That involves sodium and other things, by the way. Okay, salt. So, good fat is important. Very important for a diet of a horse. Not your hydrogenated fat. But you can't get good fat that I've seen in any commercial feed. At least they don't tell you. They just say vegetable oil. And not only that, but most of your fats, a lot of your fats are genetically modified. GMOs. That's a whole other ball of wax. We're not even going to go down that road today, but the least I think you have, the better off you're going to be. And I think time will prove that as, to, as, as we go on with their lives and their horses' lives. But anyway, so oats are phenomenal. The good thing about oats is you can give them, if you have an easy keeper, just a handful. Okay? Or if you have a hard keeper, you can give them a lot. But you still have to supplement them with the things that man knows they need. Okay, they need vitamins, they need minerals, they need good fat, and, but the beauty of it is, you can buy, you were using them up, to, we have a product called Just Add Oats, but there's others out there in the marketplace that maybe, with ours it's like a scoop a day of Just Add Oats is what man knows they need as far as the major vitamins and minerals and so on, and even the lesser minerals, or lesser vitamins. We don't know everything that goes back to Mother Nature's that fills in the gaps with that free choice loose salt and mineral, but as far as what man knows they need, you can get it in pretty much a scoop a day of a vitamin, mineral, top dress supplement. But you can give your horse 10 pounds of oats and a scoop a day of that, or you can give your horse Easy Keeper a pound and a scoop a day of that, and they're balanced as far as what man knows they need, vitamin, mineral, and enzyme. The free choice minerals that we were talking about earlier fills in the gaps for things we hadn't discovered and probably micronutrients. Um, I mean, pretty much every mineral known to man too. That, but there's also the need for fat. And so a scoop a day of good fat or a quarter cup of most oil, a good, our oil anyways, a quarter cup a day, is, gets the fats right. So it's real simple. You give your horse oats, scoop a day of our supplement and then a scoop a day of the good oil not your hydrogenated processed junk oil and that's the diet free choice on the loose salt and minerals that we talked about and that's that's and then the decent hay and that's it it's, I mean it's very 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 simple and that keeps the pH right that keeps everything right in the body um, helps with gut issues uh, you name it does that make sense or did I lose you on that one I want to name names but I haven't named names 
Let me catch her first, and then I'll come back. Yes. Organic hay is getting even hay that's not genetically modified is becoming harder and harder because all your alfalfa pretty much is already genetically modified. It, a couple years ago, they introduced uh, genetically modified alfalfa, Roundup Ready, if you would. So they spray it like crazy to kill the weeds and so on, but um, it's all genetically modified. Let me catch her and then I'll get you, okay? Yes. That's a good question. How many horses did I see that have oats left behind in their poop? None of them once they're on it. Once their gut adjusts to it. I mean, well, the, what you see, what I see, and we have all of our horses get oats, what I see is oats that are spilled out of the bucket more than in the manure. Now they're now not in the manure. So that's mostly what you see there. But now, when you first start feeding oats, if you've been feeding some highly processed commercial feed, you know, it's gonna take a while for their gut to adjust to them. So you might see them in the beginning, but that's even rare there. But I do know that oats are a miracle grain, not corn. Don't use corn. Let me catch her. My mother had a horse that was on oats, carrots, and hay. There you go. Yes, in the Netherlands, that's what you feed a horse. There you go. Um, Uh -huh. And one of the horses died, she has two of them. Uh, at 10 years old, died of a triple A. Was that because, that's because of a lack of collagen, I guess. Is there any way to supplement it? How can you figure out if your horse has tendencies not to uh, get co enough collagen in their diet or absorb enough collagen to prevent triple A's? I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, I got you. There you go. See, I've been out of regular medicine so long, I don't know all these. Okay. The horse had a rupture. Of course, the reason gotcha. the way you get that is because of the lack of collagen. Gotcha. Absorption of collagen in the diet. Gotcha. Well, you can supplement their diet with collagen. In fact, if you have a young horse or a working horse, I mean, joint supplements are great. Your glucosamines, your chondroitins, those are. But now to get them absorption, I'd have to think about that a little bit because I really don't know. I mean, it's not a, a problem that I've seen. It's not, I haven't seen any horses in 20 years with that problem. I've never seen a horse die in AAA either. Yeah. My mom's horse is, and my mom's not hard on horses. She's 78 years old. Wow. God, she canters a half a circle. Well, you know what? It, it happens in people, that's for sure. I mean, aortic aneurysms are common in people these days, so that's, that's really something I got to do some thinking on. Because why? Why do, why do I mean, Normal, healthy, everyday people, aortic aneurysms are common, which would be, but, yeah, exactly. That makes total sense. Thank you. So I'll think, I'll come back next year and I'll have an answer for you, okay? I don't know yet. Yes, ma'am. I, I just kind of tell it like it is, folks. I promise you, I don't know everything, but I'm going to tell you what I know, okay? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. 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 Well, hooves. Right. 
Right. I need to give you the mic so y'all can hear this. Can you hear it? That's what I was afraid of. I don't, I don't have one, but anyway. Um, Well, let, let's not let's not talk about somebody else's product. Let's just talk about what the what you need to do. Oats is what you need to do. You need to come by the booth, and I'll show you those two supplements that I talked about, and the free choice, and you'll have a new horse. But now let's talk about hoofs. Let's talk about hoofs real briefly because that's important. You know, your hooves. There are some amino acids that are critical for hooves. Um, there's lysine and there's methionin. We have a hoof, a hoof supplement as well, but it's not your basic hoof supplement. It actually has a concentrated version of Mother Nature's minerals like I talked about, but it also is loaded with lysine, methionine, and it has some biotin. Biotin without lysine and methionine is kind of useless. But again, anytime you have any mineral or, or connective tissue imbalance like the hooves, you know, I think the lysine and methionine, those amino acids are, are very beneficial and the minerals as well. But I think it's not the major minerals, it's those minor ones that we've talked about that, may, that they may not get from any product unless you're using a natural source of salt and minerals, maybe from seabeds, okay? So I think I'm out of time. Did, did she hold up a number over here for me a minute ago? I just keep talking, I'm sorry. So our booth is um, uh, the next building over between the young building and if you just walk in the door and you go up about two-thirds of the way, we're on the right on the corner. I've, um, I do have some CDs and cassettes uh, here. If you wanted to come by, we'll, we'll hand them out as we go and some literature on what we talked about. And uh, Please come by if we can answer any questions. We're happy, happy to do it. But thenaturalvet.net, we have a library section there. Uh, AskDrDan.com. You can search for any problem that you might have as well. Thank you all so much.